This is WCNY's The Capitol Press Room, and with the New York State Fair recently coming to an end, we're going to look back at the 13 days of festivities in the Syracuse area, and maybe look ahead a little bit too, with Sean Hennessy, who was tapped last year as the interim director of the fair, and got the official nod from the governor this summer. Welcome to the show, Sean, and congrats on dropping the uh, interim distinction this year. Well, thank you very much. I'm a big fan of your show. This is a real privilege for me. We're glad to have you. So as you begin to reflect on this year's fair, which had its uh, last hurrah on Labor Day just a a couple of days ago, what stands out to you so far? Yeah, you know, just the volume of folks through the turnstile, the quality for the fairgoer, and, you know, just the positive feedback I got from folks all along the grounds. It was just a great year. You know, Mother Nature was on our sides, you know, most of the time for the fair, and uh, we just had just a really great experience uh, for the, from the staff's uh, staffing side and from a fairgoer side. Well, how do you go about evaluating the success of the fair? Do you do any sort of formal or informal surveys? Are there just subjective or objective measures that you use? How do you score things? Yeah, we, we do both, actually. So during the fair, I talk to hundreds, if not thousands of folks at the fair just to get their feedback and see what see how the day was going. But we have a formalized process as well where we do a survey with folks, you know, leaving the fairgrounds and, you know, getting their feedback on what they liked or, or maybe, you know, some things they maybe think we should modify here at the fair. And that really is something we do year after year. And it's it's good intel. It's good data. And, uh, and it's factual data, not just, uh, you know, as you mentioned, just, you know, word of mouth type of thing. Is that a process you're comfortable with, roaming the, the fairgrounds and polling the people? Oh, I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite parts of the fair, to be frank. Um, I love to talk to people, talk to them about their where they're from or you know how they arrived at the fair, and um, it's just everyone has a story, and it's just it's one of the actually it's one of the things I, I enjoy most about about being the director. Well, anecdotally, were there any? changes to the fair this year that people seem to really enjoy? I know you had a new goat pavilion. Was there anything that people seem to like from your talking to people? Yeah, there's a bunch of bunch of items that really, you know, drew people to the fair, to be frank. You know, one of the things that, you know, that, that the cream that, that flows to the top, you know, every year is agriculture. Um, you know, agriculture is number one, the number one thing people attend the fair for. Number two is food, a close second and a close third is entertainment. Um, this year we had a number of new items that we brought to the fair. Um, you know, we had a, a regional stage where we brought bands in from all over the state to, to perform for us. Uh, we brought back the talent showcase that had been gone since COVID. I had a huge dinosaur exhibit, uh, that was free for patrons, uh, we, we you know, we, we put a new um, food recycling program in place where we're diverting food from the landfill uh, to a to uh, to a recycling program, which will bring uh, compost back to the fair. New York Power Authority, NIPA, had a really beautiful energy and environment wing. And, you know, the, the skilled trades area that, uh, you know, it, it showcases many of the industries that are looking for, you know, folks to fill positions at their, their various companies, New York State DOT being one of them. But uh, those are really some of the bigger, bigger entities that we had. We had new horse shows back this year, six new horse shows. So everything really was stabilized in terms of, you know, bringing back the fair to its original format. And we, you know, we bumped it up a notch, as, as the, 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 the chef says on, on the Food Network. But um, this was a great fair. Everybody had a great time. And thankfully, uh, numbers seemed to be ticking, in the, ticking up in the right direction as well. 
Well, speaking of the numbers, it's my understanding that the fair attracted 932,699 people this year, up from about 878,000 last year, but still a decline from some of the pre-pandemic highs. I think you did 1.3 million in 2019. So how do you think about this year's attendance? Well, you know, this this year was a banner year. And I, and I will tell you, Governor Hochul and, and Commissioner Ball have been very specific with us in the lead up to the fair and through the fair that, you know, we're not about, you know, quantity, we're about quality. We want to have, make sure that the fairgoer has a quality experience while on the grounds. And and what that'll do for future uh, attendance numbers is grow that exponentially. Um, anytime you can give a fairgoer, you know, good bang for the buck, give them great entertainment for that dollar value, for that value, that's going to bring back a fairgoer year after year after year. So 930 to us is... 50,000 roughly more than we had the year prior. And last year we had, we had again, uh, more attendees than the year prior to that. So we're going in the right direction. We're trending in the right direction. And, you know, as long as we can give, as I mentioned, the, the fair go or a good quality experience, that that's all that really matters to us here at the state fair. Have you been able to glean though, any sort of explanation about where say the, you know, hundreds of thousands have gone in terms of the difference over the last, say, four years? Because we've heard from advocates, say, for the Adirondack Park, as well as the Catskills, and they talk about booming uh, attendance and people coming there in record numbers. So I'm curious if you are getting any sort of, of feedback about maybe how people's visitation habits have changed, how people might be changing in, in their tourism spending since 2019. Have you gotten any sort of feedback on that? Yeah, you know, if you look across the board, uh, you know, numbers are you know, a bit down for uh, for events through the, throughout the state and throughout mm-hmm. the country. We're really not back to where we were pre-COVID for any type of event, whether it be Blues Fest here or Jazz Fest or, you know, the Nationals, let's say. You know, numbers are trending up, but they're not where they were prior to COVID. And I think people are still COVID sensitive, to be frank. You know, they, they're a little weary of large you know, group settings. You know, um, you know, COVID, there is a new strain coming through and you know that could place play some factor factor to that number, but as I said, you know, nine hundred thirty thousand people through the gate um, is really a significant number. I mean, that is really really positive. You know, our numbers it looks as though uh, midway uh, the the revenues in are, are up. Um, people are spending more money at the various various uh, food stands that we have uh, at the fairgrounds. So as long as we can keep this trend going. As I mentioned, you know, this this really is it was a great year and, and truly a home run for, for the state fair team. Well, you mentioned spending at, at the fair. It's my understanding that as part of a financing plan approved by state lawmakers and the governor, some of the parking prices uh, doubled. Uh, admission went back to $6 for an adult, up from $3 put in place uh, following the arrival of COVID-19. What was the impact of these pricing changes? It really didn't appear to have really any significant impact. Um, when you look for the value to your dollar here at the State Fair, um, it really is significant. Uh, the free items that you get, what you get when you you know you come in through the door, whether it's you know as I mentioned the new horse shows or the dinosaur show, which that dinosaur show, if you go anywhere at any of these shows uh, off fair, you're going to pay roughly twenty five to thirty dollars per child. Get it to get into an event like that, um, you know the uh, pig races, the circus, all of those, all of those extra freebies, freebies, you know, uh, uh, equate to a much more robust fair experience for folks. So whether it's a six dollar admission or a ten dollar parking uh, parking ticket, 
I, it, it seems as though, as I mentioned in the numbers, you know, we're trending up and it appears as though that really didn't have really any, you know, significant impact on, on the fair goers. Well, yeah, I guess when I was talking about impact, I was thinking more in terms of the state fair's finances, because I know in a couple years ago, there had been some need for the state to inject uh, a few million dollars uh, to help balance the fair's books. But, you know, when we talk about a growing attendance and people spending a little bit more for that experience, what does that mean for your bottom line? Yeah. So, you know, we are an empire fund, right? So we have to be self-sufficient by statute. Uh, we have had to depend on the division of budgets in the past for for additional funding, but it appears as though as we as we move out of those COVID years, we're going to have a less and less dependency on the division of budgets as we had last year, and hopefully will be, you know, going into this year. So, um, you know, that six dollar charge going from three to six dollars or five dollar to ten dollars in in parking, um, it really does have, although insignificant in terms of you know dollars per person. Um, does have significant impact on a, our need to reach out to the additional taxpayers for that additional funding. So, um, you know, we we are not just looking at our uh, admission prices and the parking prices, but we're making this more of a, a sustainable operation as well. We're looking for efficiencies uh, internally as well. So, um, as I mentioned prior, we're going to attempt to have less of an impact on the division of budgets going forward. And hopefully in the year in the outer years that that will that will hopefully a zero uh, you know come to a zero balance as we go to the outer years. Do you have a sense of what that trajectory could look like in terms of what you might be asking Albany for in the near future and what that sort of long term trajectory of being self sufficient looks like? You know, how, how many years? Yeah, it really isn't something we can forecast currently, just because we really don't have all of our revenues in at this point, you know, we'll, we'll do an assessment October, November timeframe uh, to see what those revenue revenues look like. But, uh, you know, our hope and our plan is to be self-sufficient in the coming years. Um, and we're very lucky to have, you know, a good working relationship, as I mentioned, with the division of budgets. And uh, we'll see how that goes uh, as the months uh, tick by and as we see those, those uh, revenue statements stabilize. So we're speaking about three days after the fair concluded for 2023. Have you had a chance to catch your breath, take a nap and begin planning for 2024? Yeah, the planning for 2024 actually happened a month or so ago. So we are uh, starting to look at acts for the coming year. Those those get booked out well ahead of the fair, I'm looking at areas we can improve, you know, new features to bring in. It is obviously a work in progress. Uh, I have had a couple of hours sleep between the, the close of the fair and now. And uh, my body is just starting to uh, kind of, uh, you know, recognize that we're not under the stressful uh, attention that we were for the last uh, 13 days of the fair. But, yeah, no, it's um, I'm feeling much better and, and thankful I was able to see my my uh, own pillow uh, at my own home uh, for the last two evenings. So I'm feeling much better. Well, now that you have two fairs under your belt as director or, or interim director and, and one full year to plan for one fair, what sort of additional insight do you have in the planning process that you think will really help leading into 2024? Is there something you wish you had known early on that you're glad to know uh, as you plan for another fair? Well, you know, the one thing that really surprised me coming out of last fair and, and, and traveling towards this fair was the dedication that the state fair team has to the, to the patients of the fair and to the to historic fairgrounds itself. 
the, the folks here on the ground will will bend over backwards and go the extra mile every time to make sure that the fairgoer has a positive experience with their fairground. So, you know, that was really, really something to watch. I came from an agency, the New York State DOT, where, you know, we had snowplow operators that get up in the middle of the night and go out and, and you know, they always answer the call. And I'm seeing that same dedication to service here at the State Fair as I did with the New York State DOT. It's an impressive group of people. That, to me, really is uh, says a lot about public service, truly. Uh, they're amazing people here. Well, we've been speaking with Sean Hennessy. He is the director for the New York State Fair. Sean, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having us on today. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.